Hallelujah. Grab your Bibles. What I'm, what I want to convey through the help of the Holy Ghost here tonight is that there is a demonstration of the apostolic power of the Holy Ghost that God is intent on giving you. And one of the most frustrating things is to continue to do the same thing over and over and expect something different as a result. And so we are not going to lessen what we do because what we do is foundationally correct. We're going to add to what we do. And I think, I think that there is a, a high level of spiritual frustration because we are praying and fasting and interceding and yet seemingly, seemingly not seeing what we are asking God for. And if you're not careful, the enemy will jump on that bandwagon and start saying things like, well, if it really happened, and if you really could pray, and if he really heard. And I got a feeling that adversary and spirit has been working overtime. And so I feel like the Lord has ordained uh, my season with you uh, to kick his teeth in. <clears throat> and I'm just mad enough at him uh, to try. It's an honor to be here, First Kings 17. First Kings 17. I want you to know that I think that the way that God orchestrates things, and this is this is an old country saying, but maybe you can. Uh, understand it with me is you just you, you peel an onion one layer at a time and I hope that you are watching what God is doing and how God is talking to us service after service we're headed somewhere and there's going to be a service there's going to be a service where there is such a demonstration of just hang on just a minute of the of the power of God that there is going to be a shift And it's going to be so noticeable, you won't leave here saying, I wonder what happened. <clears throat> There's some, let me, let me just say what I feel in the Holy Ghost. There's some things that God's going to lift up. And there's some things that God's going to tear down. First mm. Kings 17 and verse number 17. And it came to pass, <clears throat> it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode. 
and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, hast thou also brought evil upon thy widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come again or into him again. And the Lord, would you say it with me? And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. We'll go on. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came unto him again. And he revived. I want to talk to you today on stretching for the supernatural. Stretching for the supernatural. Or the step beyond prayer. The step beyond prayer. I need you to help me tonight. Will you do it? How many is ready? Come on, if you're ready, act like it for about 30 seconds. You may be seated. James five seventeen. Elias was a man subject. Would you say that with me? Subject to like passions as we are. In other words, he was just like us. We sometimes superhuman. We make them greater than what they actually were. We like to think that they were so supernatural or so spiritual that they were not like us, but they were like us. James says he was just like us, a man of like passion, a man that hungered, a man that bled, a man that grew sleepy and weary and had dreams and hopes and visions. He was like you and I. He lived just as human as you and I live. The Bible was written for us. Look to your neighbor and say, for me. The Bible was written for us, but not to us. This is addressed to a specific people with some specific problems. James had written to the saints talking about their need to work in their faith. He said, I need you to work on your faith. Your faith is important. You must believe in the impossible. When things are not going your way, you've still got to believe that God is faithful, that God is able Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Amen. James had just written to the people of God talking about their need to work on their faith. The biblical analysis of their faith, they're perilous. They are paralyzed. They are in a frozen moment. One, six of James. But let him ask in faith nothing 
wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. In other words, you've got to ask because you believe that God is able. You've got to believe that God is God regardless of circumstances. It doesn't matter what the doctors say. He is still the great physician. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. He is in. My circumstances do not dictate my faith. My faith cannot be up one minute and down the next. My faith cannot be high tonight and down tomorrow. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Come on congregation. We do not serve a weak, frail God. We serve a God of divine consistency. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith does not deny the facts. Faith does not deny the facts. But it believes in spite of the facts. Faith does not say there is no tumor. Faith says there is, but there is a God that is bigger Faith does not say there is no disease, but faith says here regardless of the disease, he holds the world in the palm of his hand. Hallelujah. James 2.17, watch me now. James 2.17 says, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. So you can have all of the faith that there is possible to have. But if you do not mix your faith with actions or with obedience, then your faith alone is worthless. I have faith that knows that God is able. And the fact being that I know that God is able, I will rejoice in God's ability. No, sir, it has not happened yet. But that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And because he is able, I'll respond like he's already done it. Hallelujah. Behold also the ships three and four of James. Watch me. Three and four of James. Behold also the ships which though they be great are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm. Whithersoever the governor listeneth, you get and go where you speak. We'll work on it just a minute here. You get and you go where you speak. For in two of James, you have not because you ask not. Then he says that in all of this, that Elijah was a man just like us. His faith wavered also. Yet when you look at a man just like us, with a faith that would be high one day and low the next day, when you see what that man was capable of through his faith in God, it gives me hope tonight to speak that 500 is nothing to God. 500 could happen tomorrow with God. You get what you speak. You go where you speak. I say 500 is the beginning of what God. Anytime. 
Anytime you start preaching like this, you're always going to have the faithful few that will believe and have faith. You're always going to have the simple majority that stands up and says, we believe. But I'm not after the ones that are standing. I'm after the ones that are doubting. Because doubt is like that cancer that spreads to the body. You look up here at this preacher. I don't care how many times you've heard it. I don't care what you've been waiting on and why you've been waiting on it. I'm telling you under the authority of the Holy Ghost that God is going to do everything that God said He was going to do. He is not a man that He can lie. He's not a man that He should lie. Whatsoever you ask in faith believing that, that, you ought to be calling out your friends' names right now. You ought to be calling out your backslidden family member's name right now. You ought to be saying tomorrow. They're coming tomorrow. They're going to get the Holy Ghost tomorrow. The miracle's going to happen tonight. God help us. God help us. If we will allow ourselves to be preached into a faith frenzy, but yet put no actions with our faith. While you are on your feet applauding what I am preaching, may the Holy Ghost prick your heart and make it so that you cannot sleep tonight. Until the morning breaks and you're on the phone or you're knocking on your friend's door saying, I just can't go to church today without you. I just believe today's your day. Come on, Antioch. We can preach about it. We can fast about it. We can pray about it. Or we can walk into it and say, this is my moment. This is my season. This is that hour. Hallelujah. Elijah was a man like you are. Elijah was a man like I am. The Bible says, you may be seated in the book of James, that he earnestly prayed. Stay with me now. That he earnestly prayed. Look to your neighbor and say, he prayed earnestly. That's what the Bible says, correct? But yet when I read 1 Kings 17, I don't find an earnest prayer. I don't even find a deep prayer. I find a man speaking with authority. I'm telling you something, Pastor Wright. There's going to come a moment to this church when everything that you have prayed about, oh my God, I just got it. When everything that you have travailed over is going to come to fruition. But it's not going to be earnest prayer or the continuation of it. It's going to be men and women that stand with authority and say, I have prayed. I have fasted and I have believed. But now it's time for me to speak. And in the name of God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. In you can't wait on this. You got to go get it. You can't wait on it to fall on you. You got to go possess it. Let me give it to you in a vernacular. You will understand. I contend that the longer time you spend in his presence, the more power you will have in public. I'll say it again. The longer the time spent alone and in his presence, it will build an authority and a power for public. Jesus prayed for hours on the mountain, but ministered in seconds and in minutes to the halt, the lame, and the withered. Hours of prayer will grant you minutes and moments of the miraculous. 1 Kings 17 and 1, as the Lord God liveth before whom I stand. Listen to me, congregation. It is important to get it right. You have nothing to say until you have first been alone with him and had the conversation with him. And Elijah said, as the Lord God liveth before whom I stood. In other words, I have already been to him. I have already communicated with him. And the fact that I'm here is proof that I've already been there. God usually wants you to act, and then He will act. If you move, He will move. First Kings seventeen three. Get the hints and turn thee. You must be willing to move when God moves. If you continue to stay at this present place, you will not get the provisions of God. I knew it was going to get quiet. If you stay where you are, all you've had is a prayer meeting about what could happen. See, we are sensing and we are perceiving some change. And you are misunderstanding the perception of change as something negative. And it's not a negative thing. For what you have prayed about... It's time for somebody to stand up and publicly preach about. Uh, and I know, I know when you put the oil where the squeak is, it always gets quiet. You cannot do what you've always done and expect different results. You can't be what you've always been and be different. The world deserves an apostolic church. Here we go. To get to that next level of the supernatural, Elijah had to grow. He had to grow in God. God spoke to him and said, get thee hence, turn. Get thee hence and turn. Sometimes you have to turn from what you've always done. Paradigms and perimeters must be flexible. 
I'm not talking about doctrine. Don't put that on me tonight. But I'm talking about cultures of Pentecostal churches. I'm talking about the way we have learned to have church. We come in the same and we go home the same. But that, my brother, is a direct contradiction of the Holy Word of God. For he said, if you come in the east gate, you must leave by the west gate. If you come in the south gate, you must leave by the north gate. How many services have we come in the same and went home the same? But we pray about it and we talk to God about it. But then we fasten our behinds to the chair and we won't move. I've come to preach to this congregation tonight that there is a requirement that's being mandated to this pulpit. You're going to have to stretch. Stretch, turn from hence, get thee from hence, turn from where you are. Sometimes change is necessary, sometimes it's mandated. First Kings 17, 3, get thee hence, shout it with me, get thee hence. Say it again. And turn. Say it together, get thee hence and turn. If there is a message that God is trying to preach to this church, it's get the hints and turn. Just going to wait on you. He said, hide yourself. That word hide yourself means to absent yourself. It's impossible not to be who you are. But what God is trying to get that prophet to do is to lose your own agendas. Lose the way you perceive it to be and your paradigms and your understanding. And trust me that if you have prayed and you have sought me and I have birthed this in your heart and womb for the future, that you're going to have to learn to turn and absent yourself from this moment. Because this moment is nothing to do with you and everything to do with me, saith the Holy Ghost. This moment is not about lifting up men, not about lifting up a church, but it's about glorification of an eternal kingdom and an eternal king. It's about doing the will of God. It's about accomplishing the will of God. You can sit there now if you want to. It won't much matter to me because I've come to tell you that there is a realm in the supernatural that I am so hungry for. There is a demonstration of the Holy Ghost that I am so hungry for. Get the hints. I want you to get the hints and I want you to turn. I want you to turn from the eastward. And I want you to hide yourself by the brook that is called Cherith. It is before Jordan. Now stay with me. I'm going to run quick. He said, I want you to hide yourself. In other words, absent yourself from your personal agendas. Everything, everything to follow is contingent upon this one thing. Lose yourself. It doesn't take spiritual discernment to stand up here and tell you that everything that you've heard over 30 or 40 years, that you have a preconceived idea how it's going to happen. 
You've already got your plan. You know who's going to preach it. You know who's going to sing it. You know who's going to be exalted. You know who's going to be set aside. And God's chuckling at all of us saying, you really don't have a clue, do you? As long as there's too much of me, I will never operate in the supernatural like God wants me to. So you know what's mandated? My loss of pride. My loss of arrogance. My loss of my carnality. Why? Because God is fixing to move Elijah into his process. And if flesh tries to figure it out, it'll never, ever, ever grow or get there. So the mandate is lose yourself. Hear me, Antioch. History's got to go. Pride's got to go. Tradition's got to go. Paradigm's got to go. There's been a dispatch of angelic creatures to guard and to protect this congregation. There has been angelic beings that has been dispatched from the throne of God to lead this congregation as it has done so throughout its, its entirety. But let me tell you what also has been loosed against you. That is a spirit that wants to absolutely annihilate and to destroy you. And let me just be very bold here tonight and tell you that if we continue to play revival and play church, if we continue to believe that this is just another moment in the grand scheme of God's eternal plan, the devil's going to win. But I've come tonight to stand in this pulpit and preach until I have nothing left to give you and convince you in the Holy Ghost that there is a supernatural dominion. There is a fruition there is a moment there is a time there is a place that God wants to bring this church to but if you're going to get there you're going to have to take it a step beyond just prayer you're going to have to stretch Lose yourself, Elijah. You got to lose yourself. Cherith is a tributary. That's what you and I are. We're tributaries. We're just something small feeding into something bigger. A small part of a bigger purpose. Elijah, lose yourself. Because of what's going to happen next, you've got to lose yourself now. Otherwise, he would question his way out of the miracle. So sometimes we let the mystery blind us to the manifestation or the miraculous. Because what's coming next, Elijah, is ravens are going to feed you. Ravens are going to supply your need. 
Leviticus 11.15, ravens was declared unclean. But yet here is the man of God receiving the word from the Holy Ghost. That that is unclean is going to start feeding you. I'm going to bring things into your life that you're not used to. I'm just going to preach. Nehemiah's projects were funded by sinners. I've laid up the wealth of the wicked for the righteous. This thing is so far beyond your comprehension. It's going to... You know, you know you're at the right crossroads when the combination of the natural and the spiritual meet. God will move you in the supernatural slowly. A brook was something Elijah could believe in. Ravens were totally God's, God's operation. The natural is something that you're used to like a church service. You're comfortable with programs. Ravens, though, are something that you have to rely totally upon. If God's not in it, we won't make it. If God doesn't do it, we can't survive. We've lost that in the apostolic church. But I remind you, apostolics, in Him we live. In Him we are. I've watched, I've watched, I've watched, I've watched the natural and the supernatural line up in churches. I've watched it where the supernatural was so strong. I've watched it now as the natural starts getting in there. You see, the supernatural and the natural goes like this. You, you have prepared yourself. You have worn calluses on your knees and rightfully so. But now, but now, I'm going to start bringing them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. They're going to come every race, creed, and color. Some you'll like and some you won't like, but that won't matter much to me. It's the natural and the supernatural. It's when you realize that as spiritual as you can get, it will not abort God's mandate to go out and win a world and change you know you're there when the natural and the supernatural meet you're right where you want to be you don't want to miss that moment you don't want to miss that time. The Bible didn't say that the ravens quit coming. The Bible never said the supernatural dried up. The Bible says Cherith dried up. Cherith was man's ability. Cherith is what Elijah could believe in because Elijah could see it. Elijah's faith was in the brook. But Elijah's faith needed to be equally so in God. And so God brings him to the crossroads where ravens would bring you food and Cherith would bring you water. And then when Elijah goes to the brook Cherith, the Bible says that he hid himself there. And daily he got a drink from Cherith. Daily he watered himself from that brook. But the Bible then says that the brook began to dry up. 
the brook began to dry up. I'm just going to wait on you to get that. The brook began to dry up. The brook drying up was a direct response of Elijah's prayer. Let me speak prophetically here just a moment. Quit trying to question everything that God's doing in your church right now. What's going on is a direct result of everything you prayed about. Just because you can't figure it out. Doesn't mean it's not God at work. You know why some of you still sitting there? You know why some of you having a hard time with what I'm preaching right now? It's because hell's broke loose in your life. And your faith is being tested at its greatest level. And you're having a hard time believing that calamity, calamity or crisis or trial could have anything to do with God. I'm going to tell you something. When the natural man starts drying up and the things you trust in start evaporating, you're at the right place, you're at the right time, and you are at the right season. Does anybody feel that right now? That's a witness of the Holy Ghost. That's God trying to get you to believe. I've got you right where I want. We ought to clap our hands. We ought to shout right now. Some of you ought to be jumping up and down right now. Because everything the devil meant for bad, the devil meant for evil. Everything, everything hell tried to do to stop you. Every time hell moved against you or yours, God has always sustained you. I've gotten a drink from this river for weeks and months now. But I've noticed that the very thing that I have believed the most in seemingly is evaporating before my very eyes. Hey, I've noticed that there's things happening that I have trusted in for years. I'm perceiving it to change and I'm, I'm wondering... And God is trying to get you to understand it's a result of your prayer, Elijah. You're the one that called forth that there be no rain for three and a half years. What do you expect? I'm going I'm to hit some of you hard right now. I'm going to hit you hard, so get ready. You sit there having your pity party and feeling sorry for yourself. And you're the one that stood up here a year ago or a year and a half ago in a prayer service and said, God, whatever you got to do to me. And when he starts doing to you what you gave him permission to do to you, now you're mad at him. You ought to jump up on your feet right now and say, forgive me, Holy Ghost, and be unto me according to thy. Quit feeling sorry for yourself and give God glory. Quit feeling sorry for yourself and give God a praise. Quit having a pity party and turn it into a praise party.
Doesn't that feel better than singing, woe is me? I said, didn't that feel better than singing another verse to that old song, woe is me? Doesn't it feel better to know that I came into this world naked? I'll leave naked, but in between those moments, I'll give him a praise. I'll give him a hand clap. I'll dance when I don't feel like dancing. I'll clap when I don't feel like clapping. When things don't go my way, I'll submit to knowing that they're probably going his way. Come on, congregation. I, I, I rejoice in God's ability. I trust in God's sovereignty. I believe in God's ability to govern the church. This church needs about six weeks of what you're doing right now. Just praising Him for the good days and praising Him for the bad days. Just shouting because you're still here. Just shout because you're still standing. Just shout because you're still able to lift your voice and say unto thee and unto thee only. Come on, Elijah, you're at your crossroads. Come on, Antioch, you're at your crossroads. You feel that? That's the way you ought to feel when you walk out of here in the morning. You feel that? That's the way you ought to come to church when you get here in the morning. It ought not be woe is me. It ought to be blessed be the name of the Lord God that liveth forever and forever and forever. Blessed be the name of the Lord. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, His name shall be praised. I'll praise Him in the morning. I'll praise Him in the noonday. I'll praise Him in the evening time. Yet while I live, come on congregation, yet while I live, I will praise the Lord. I want you to hear me tonight. I want you to hear me. I'm very, I'm very 
careful what I'm about to say. But I told your pastor the first Sunday morning I was here, I walked over to him. Stay standing, stay standing. We're not done with this yet. He was standing right over there, and I walked over to him, and I said, before we're done here, I said, there's going to be a moment. It's going to be a shift, a paradigm shift. And where, where you step into what God affords this church. And I said, it will be important for you to take this. Are you hearing me? I told the man of God, I said, it will be important for you to take this. This thing's got to go to the next level. This church has got to go to the next level. Okay, okay, okay. Look, 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 look. Look right up here at me. Some of you listening to a lie. Got you now. Some of you listening to a lie and you're playing into it. You're thinking because it's going to a new level, it's going to bring about a complete change of what was. You can't get to the next level without being what you already are. You are not aborting or changing what was. You are building on what is to become what must be. Ha! And the devil knows there is a pastoral shift. The devil understands that there is a shifting of divine authority in this church right now. And he's trying to move. Mm, gotcha now, devil. And he's trying to move in and sow discord among the ranks. He's trying to divide what God has joined together. And I rise to this church and tell you, don't you be the devil's fool. Don't you play into that spirit. Nobody can separate what God has joined together. The devil will not win. The devil will not I feel a holy boldness on me right now. Devil, you've tried your best. You've sowed your best tears. But it will not last. It will. This church ought to be shouting right now harder than you've ever shouted. Everything that the bishop and first lady has prayed, labored for is coming to pass right now. But the mantle is going to be on this man's shoulder. He's going to walk you there. He's going to take. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. The devil is. Hey, you feel that? That's Antioch coming to life. You feel that? That's Antioch being shook up. Stay standing, we're not done yet. This church, you people, have set the plow deep. You have plowed the field. And the devil and his best has perceived that as Bishop 
steps up as is biblical requirement. Reminded the Old Testament where that high priest could come in at 30, but he had to leave at 50. To every living thing, there is, there is, there is a death date. Nothing lives forever. I know. Hang on to me. Everything that lives has an expiration date. Now, if you want to hang on to it, you're going to hang on something that's dead. Or we can say it like this. As he was with Moses, so is he with Joshua. There's a shift. And it's alright to shift. You're not changing allegiance. You're staying faithful to the call. You're staying faithful to the mandate. You're staying faithful... Don't let the devil sow that seed in this body. This thing, this thing has tentacles all around the world. And if the enemy can get in here, watch me, and sow seed. The problem with seed of tares is they have to grow together. Because, Pastor, if you start sorting and weeding the tares from the wheat, we hurt the wheat. But let me tell you the difference between a tare and a wheat. I grew up in farm country. Wheat's what they raised. You know how you know there's a field full of tares? At harvest time. Because the head of that wheat got heavy. And then it got ripe. And when it was heavy and ripe, it could no longer stand upright. And as it bowed to its purpose, the thing that was sown to destroy it could be highly visible and recognized. Don't fight the tear. Just go with God's purpose. Don't I feel like I got a sword in this pulpit tonight and doing some spiritual battle and I will not quit. I will not be intimidated. I don't care how big you think you are, adversary. The God of this house is so much bigger. The power of our Christ is so much greater. Come on, Antioch. Shake your spiritual fist and say, We win.
Stay where you are. Stay where you are. The word's got to go forth tonight. Stay where you are. The problem with some of us is we pray ourselves into messes. Elijah prayed for a famine. Then he became the recipient of his own prayer. Careful what you pray. Just, just remember that. Careful what you pray. God, use us. Okay. But to use you, I have to prepare you. Use me. Oh, it feels good when it's good. But when he starts. Why are you doing this to me, God? I'm going to tell you why. Because I need you for a grand purpose. Please stay with me. Weaning you off the natural, little by little, as the brook dries up. So when things start drying up in your life, you need to start looking for the next level. And things were going good, and all of a sudden, it's not a time to dismay, no fret. It's a time to start looking. God's up to something in my life. 17.9 of my text says, Arise. Look at your neighbor and say, Arise. He says, Arise from the brook. Stay with me. Stay with me. Arise from the brook. Arise from the brook. Is it possible that we have allowed our circumstances to dictate our posture. That's why some of you wouldn't get up and clap your hands if Jesus preached to you tonight. Because of your circumstances, you allow the bad in your life to tell you how to come to church. When you already know how to come to church, enter into His... And into his courts with. No wonder you can't get up from your mess. So if I'm reading this right man of God. If he was told to arise and get up from the brook. Would you be safe to saying with me the lower the brook. And when the Lord looked down on him, he saw a man so dismayed. He had to say, hey, get up. Because the brook dried up don't mean I've forsaken you. Are you ready, Antioch? 
Hear me when I tell you this. For you to make it to the next level, your posture's got to change. Good. 17.9 Get thee to Zarephath Which belongeth to Zidon dwell, dwell there Behold Behold You're going to get with me before the night's over I, I have confidence Get up Go Because I've already commanded a lady If you stay where you are, you will never get what God's got. Get up. Go. I've had church like this for five years or 25 years. Ain't nothing you can say going to change me. You're right. Ain't nothing I can say going to change you. But by the time God rings your bell, you'll be wishing you had me. Because if Antioch's going to go get what God's got for her, you're going to have to rise and you're going to... Leave us to our comfort zone. Leave us in our parish. No, no, no. It's a new season. It's a new day. Fresh anointing. But we're comfortable in what we're comfortable in. That's the problem. There's too much comfortability. Watch me. Watch me, Father. We want revival more than we want anything in our life. We want to make an impact. We, we want to be the tip of the spear. We want to reach the world. We want to reach Annapolis. We want to reach Maryland. We want to make a difference, God. And the Holy Ghost says, okay, I believe you. Arise and go. And that's quick. We're quick to that. And when we get there and he starts sustaining us, God help me tonight. Holy Ghost help me tonight. And when we get there and he starts sustaining us and he starts blessing us, and you start getting some stuff. And when everybody else doesn't have water, you got water. You think you've arrived. And while you're sipping water and the brook's getting drier, God in Zarephath has a little old lady that he's been preparing for a year. The miracle was not the raven and the miracle was not the, 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 the river. The miracle was what the woman had to offer in Zarephath. He is a God that works on both ends. Elijah, get up. You ready? Elijah, to turn. Get ready. Elijah, get ready. Elijah, get ready. Elijah, get ready.
that God would favor this church like he has. For God to bless you like he has. But the fact that you don't believe 500 is going to get the Holy Ghost. says you trust more in a tributary than you do the mighty ocean. Seventeen ten. Fetch me, I pray thee. He finally goes, Fetch me, I pray thee. A little water. Watch. It's a time of famine. There's not much water. Fetch me, I pray thee. Gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And you've got to understand how precious that water was. Help me with the next verse. I'm just waiting on you. Stop. And as she was She's come to the water to fetch well to fetch a little water. Prophet's standing there. She's going about her business. She gets it. She starts to leave. And he says, Fetch me a little water, would you? She says, Yes, sir. A little woman with nothing was so quick to be obedient. I have lived long enough in this life and served God long enough to see that sometimes God's got to take it all from us to get us to move when he asks us to move. I'm afraid the more we have, the slower we are. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, while you're doing that, bring me. I pray thee a little morsel of bread. Notice she didn't get the second word until she was obeying the first. I'm going to preach how you preach me. Notice she didn't get the second word, which was her miracle, until she first gave God his miracle. You sitting right there saying, I believe it when I see it. You'll never see it. I believe 500 when 499 get the Holy Ghost, you'll never see it. You know where her miracle was, man of God? It was in the fixing of the cake. But it's quick to give somebody what you think you have enough of. Just waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm just. I'm waiting on you and God's all I'm doing. As long as he asked for the common, she was fine. But when he asked for the precious, she questioned. God will always ask for the precious. 
See, the problem was he wasn't in the need of a miracle. He had the brook and the ravens. She was fixing to die. And so God starts preparing the church to meet the world's demand. I'm just going to preach. I'm just, I'm just going to preach. You're not given to the man of God. You're given so the blessings can come upon your head. You're not given to support the man of God. You're given to bring blessings to your household. I've lived this long enough, pastored long enough, and preached long enough to know you can't hire a preacher and you can't fire a preacher. You can't starve a preacher. Ravens will show up. A flood will happen. I remember we first, we first took our church to Southern California and there was about eight people that voted us in and I was thankful for every one of them. That was the whole church. And I'd, I'd been full time for several years and, and, and felt the call of God to, to take the church and pastor us. And now, Lord, you're going to have to work a miracle because eight people just ain't quite enough to put baloney on the table. That's good stuff where I come from. <laughs> and... Uh, I was just got the phone installed at the little building we remodeled behind Kmart and did a little a little pretty pretty thing to it, made it look like a church, and finally got a phone installed. I thought we was high tech. We got a phone, man. I lie not. I sitting there one day just just looking at the phone, thinking that's so cool. This church has a phone. Phone rings. Man on the other line says, "This United Pentecostal Church." I said, "Yes, sir, we are. We're apostolic." He said, "What's your address?" And I said, "Well, this is our address." He said, "You have a mail slot?" I said, "Well, I think we do." We did. He said, okay, thank you, sir. And told me the man's name. That's it, hung up. The next week, I walked in early for church. There's an envelope in the mail slot. You could slide it through the door, you know. So it was on the, on the ground. I reached down and picked it up, and it's this guy's name. It was a tithing envelope. For two and a half years, this man paid tithes every other week, and I never met him. To this day, I don't know who he was except his name. I don't even know if he was an angel or a real man, but whatever it was, God sent the raven to take. Look up here, Antioch. God's going to take care of this platform. But you are required. Mm, I'm going to slide right past that one. He said... Give me, give me a piece of bread, I pray thee. And she said, look, you don't understand. I, I, don't, I don't have enough. There, there's, just, there's just not enough for me and you. And he said, fix me a cake. You know, the rest of the story, she fixed the cake. She went back the next day and the next day and the next Elijah was a man like we are. So there we are. I'm done. No source like the brook. All reliance upon the supernatural. Crossroads with the natural. At this point in Elijah's life, the miracle had been laid out for him, mapped out. God spoke directly to him and said, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. And Elijah's marching off the map, out of situations, performing the miraculous. And then something bad happened. And the immediate reaction is to think that somebody did something 
First Kings 17, 18, what have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? What happened? Her boy died. Please stay with me. Up to this point, Elijah was involved in God's sustaining life, the wilderness. Just enough day to day. But now, he was fixing to impart life, the promises of God. What's never been done before is now on the horizon. Did anybody feel that? Help me right now. Did anybody just witness what I felt right now? The challenge to Elijah was to do what had never been done before. God has always ordained this church to do what has never been done before. That's part of your DNA. It's part of your genetics. Can you really believe God for an epic revival? See, here's the problem. We believe God based on the past. And that's why God says you got to get up and you got to leave that. Because when I get ready to do it, I promise you there is no point of reference. Because if you start reaching back to tell me what I'm fixing to do, you put me in a box and you restrict me. And I'm so big and so gloriously awesome right now. God is so sick of our government. God is so sick of our nation. God is so sick of sin. God is so sick of false religion. He's getting ready to blow our Why not here? Why not one more time at Antioch? Why not one more time for this group of people? Why not one more time with us? It was this prophet that prophesied life to the child. It was this prophet. Now I need you to hear me. And so... The setting is for this moment. He comes and visits this lady who had made room for him. The child is alive. Things are good. Then all of a sudden, he dies. The woman questions, did I do something wrong? You put a curse on my life. And Elijah said, no. No, that's, that's not how God works. I want you to listen to me. The Bible says he walked into her house or into the room that she had made for him and said, carry the child up. I think God requires you to go to your highest moment and start there. And we have the tendency to build to the highest moment and stop there. You with me? How about you in the back? Antioch, you with me? Our tendency is to build in revival to where we've been before. And when we get there, we say, 
And God says, not this time. I want you to start there. Go to the highest level of your spiritual life. And the Bible says, and the Bible says, stay with me. And the Bible says that he stretched himself. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me read to you what Webster says. Webster's dictionary says the word stretch there means to extend fully, to extend forcibly beyond proper limits to get to the next level you're going to have to expend and stretch beyond proper limits I know the child has died dead Elijah could have walked up and said in the name of the most high God bring him to life That's what he had done in the past. But this time God said, no. For you to get where I want you to go. Bible says that he stretched himself upon the child one time. Nothing happened. Could it be the Holy Ghost is saying, okay, Antioch. Okay. I want to see. I want to see how, how bad. I want to see if you really believed in every word See, the problem is with prophetic utterances is the hearers get skeptical of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, you've heard so many prophecies. But prophecy is seed sown. See, he says, I'm God. I declare the end from the beginning. What he'll never reveal is the process. Hey, Joseph, you're going to rule my people one day. You're going to be king. You're going to rule the... Your brothers are going to bow down and worship you. And Joseph said, I like that. But what God didn't tell him. Oh yeah, by the way, your brothers are going to hate you because your dad's going to give you a fancy coat. They're going to sell you, put you in a pit and sell you. Those people are going to take you and sell you. And you're going to live two terms in prison.
but wait a minute, God. I, I, I don't think I want the palace. If God told you what he was going to have to do to you to get you to the palace, you would have ran the other way. So what he does is he tells you the end at the beginning. See, some of you with gray hairs, your kids no longer worship here. But the Holy Ghost told you. Boy, I hit something right there. See your hands. Just want you to ball that one up. That that one's withered. This one's good. This one's good. That one's withered. Okay. This one's good. That one's withered. Here comes the Lord. This man says, Heal me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. And the Lord says, Okay, stretch forth thine hand. And that's what we do. We give him what's good. Because we don't trust him with what's bad. God never told him what hand. You got to get up. You got to go. Because I have prepared there a widow woman. And she's going to have everything that you need to get you to the next level. Come on, Antioch. You hit this moment and you go to your comfort zone. And the Holy Ghost is saying you cannot exist in your comfort zone. Hang on just a minute. Hang on just a minute. Hang on just a minute before you come. Hang on. How many here tonight has a... You, you need a miracle. I'm not, I'm not just talking about your toenail hurts. You need a miracle. How many of you has unsaved kids or spouse, family members? How many believe it's time for God to answer those things? Do you? Okay, now hang on. Look up here at me. I'm, I'm a really nice guy. It's probably not going to happen if it hasn't already happened if you don't do something different. So if the Holy Ghost is speaking to Antioch tonight and telling you the miraculous is yours, but you're going to have to change and stretch. Are you really going to walk to this altar like you always do? Are you really going to worship like you normally do? Are you really going to fall back on your default plan? Or is there something in you that says, I want this kid to live more than I want to live. And I'm going to stretch one time. And if it don't happen the first time, I'm going to stretch the second time. Now, look, we could play music. We could get the right song. We could, we could end this thing high. We could slow go slow and end the travail. But I think that would defeat what I'm trying to preach to this church tonight. See, 
if you want God to do different. Give different. Well, what does God want from me? Well, you've proven you're trusting. You've proven you're faithful. He got you to get up from Cherith, but now you're at the crossroads. Now he's asking you to do what you've never done, and that is to raise the dead. It had never been done. But because this prophet trusted God, he stretched himself beyond what was common or normal. And the Bible says, and the life came into the child again. If you're going to do what you've been praying and believing if you're going to do what you've never done before you're probably going to have to respond to this sermon just a little different than what you responded last week on I know it's not easy to get out of your comfort zone everything in you is leading you to do what you always do and I'm telling you that God wants you to be different do different so he can give you different don't get caught in your traps don't get caught in the past don't get caught in those paradigms Hallelujah. 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 Rebuke every spirit that's contrary. Rebuke every spirit that's contrary. Every spirit that opposes. Every spirit that rises against it. right there what you feel right there do that right there 
do that right there. I, I, I've not done that before. That's, that's not where I normally pray. That's not how I normally pray. That's, that's not what I normally say. That's, that's a little out of my comfort zone. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. Come on. Come on. It'd be a good time for somebody to get the Holy Ghost tonight. It'd be a good time for a visitor to get the Holy Ghost tonight. Right here. Right now. Would be a good time for a miracle to take place.
if you are here tonight, you've bowed your knee or bowed your head in a cry for a miracle, for God to intercede and work on your behalf in anything. Now that you've went to get the drink, now God wants to do something for you. I want you to come and stand with me. I want you to come stand in this altar. Do not kneel. I want you to stand. Rise and turn. That's what you're doing right now. Rise and turn. That's what you're doing right now. Rise and turn. That's what you're doing. Rise and turn. Rise and turn. Just rise and turn. Rise and turn. Rise and turn. I'm changing my posture. My circumstances has dictated my posture long enough. What we are fixing to do is going to be the opening of the door for the rest of this revival and season. It will meet us here on the morrow. It will be waiting on us here tomorrow night. It will be here on our midweek service. It will be here next weekend. Rise. Get the hits to Zarephath. Because there I have prepared the miracle for you. You hear that adversary? You hear that doubting? Dissenting? You hear that spirit of hell? We are a united church. Now, now stretch yourself. Do, do what he asks you to do. Even though it may be uncomfortable. Come on, man of God. Come on, woman of God. Come on, young man, young lady. This is the moment. Your children. I am prophesying your children, your backslidden family members, are going to be moved toward the church tonight. Here it is. Come on, Antioch. Come on, Antioch. Come on, man. Come on, sir. Stretch. Stretch yourself. Stretch yourself the uncomfortable part. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it, jump. That's it, jump. If you feel like jumping, jump. You feel like rolling, roll. You feel like running, running. Whatever it takes for you to stretch. Whatever it takes for you to break your paradigm. Whatever it takes for you to step out of that normalcy. Come on, Antioch. It's not time to play games or play church. It's time to break this thing open. God is ready. 
You're at the crossroads of the natural and the supernatural. He's going to try to talk you into doing what you've always done. He's going to try to talk you into acting like you've always acted. And that's fine. But don't, don't, don't be mad at God when nothing changes. Don't, don't be frustrated when there's no meal in the widow's barrel on the morrow. I'd say, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. It's okay if you've got a praise that's got to come out. It's okay if you want to shout with a voice of triumph. It's okay if you want to run the aisles. It's okay if you want to shout hallelujah. It's okay if you want to jump for joy. It's okay if you want to shake your fist and say, devil, you've had your last laugh. You've had your last moment. Come on, Antioch. It's okay if you want to join hands with somebody next to you and scream, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I shall condemn. It's okay if you want to call your baby's name out right now and rebuke the princess and the principalities off of them. I know we hit our comfort zone and we have a tendency to stop. We've maxed out and God says, no, no, you can't max out on me. I've got the miraculous for you. I've got the supernatural waiting on you. Let that dimension, let that dimension, let that door to the supernatural. My God, my God. My God, my God, I stretched once and it didn't happen. So here I am again. I'll stretch again. I'll stretch again. I'll clap some more. I'll shout some more. And if it don't happen now, I'll do it again. But I'm not going to stop until the Holy Ghost said. Come on, 
on, saint of God. Come on, prayer warrior. Come on, beloved. Come on, sir. Hey. Hey. 